Live from the Hill, our very own Jamie Dupree with the latest news from D.C. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. We have no idea where he is today, but he's out on the road, out and about somewhere. I assume you are headed to a state for tomorrow, Florida or Ohio, but I may be wrong. I'm just guessing. Hey, Sean, I am uh, actually in Westerville, Ohio, which is just outside of the state capital of Columbus, where Governor Kasich will be having his final rally this evening. And then when I talk to you tomorrow, I'll be in Florida, which obviously will be the biggest uh, delegate prize for tomorrow for both parties. Uh, I was in Ohio all weekend. Very interesting weekend. I went to a couple of the Trump rallies, one in Cleveland and one uh, outside. How, How big are they? How big were they? Well, the one outside of Cincinnati and the one in Dayton were not that big. I think Dayton was maybe four or 5,000, and, and the one in Cincinnati, it couldn't be that big because it was a smaller venue. It was a town hall. But the one in Cleveland that I went to, and I really wish I could get up to Youngstown, but I just can't get there because of my travel schedule. But the one in Cleveland was twenty five to 30,000 people. I mean, it was in this gigantic uh, convention hall, I guess would be the best way to put it. And it was huge in terms of people. And I would expect a lot of people in Youngstown for the final rally tonight. That final rally, by the way, for Trump was supposed to be down at Doral in Florida, but he changed his mind and decided to come back uh, for another stop here. And that tells me that he believes that his people think they have Florida wrapped up and that they could make a real play here in Ohio. Seems like it, right? The crowd was pretty big here. And the people that I talked to, you know, I think it was an interesting, uh, again, uh, reminder of the issues that Trump has been touching on uh, with trade immigration, just the general sense of economic sort of dislocation and frustration, uh, the thought that D.C. hasn't been listening, that uh, the politicians haven't been doing what they want, and sort of fusing it all together in one big thing. Uh, even though the rally was really big and we had all the talk about the security issues and everything like that, it was in a facility where you didn't expect that there was going to be any problem. Yes, there were, I would bet, 12 to 20 interruptions along the way. I mean, it's sort of become normal for a Trump rally. You know, uh, I guess the only thing I would say about it is, is if you're if you're going to go to a big event like that and, uh, you know, suddenly hold up a Bernie Sanders sign or a Hillary Clinton sign or something like that, I, I sort of equate it to going to a major college football game and away game and cheering for your team and only being one of a few thousand people there going to an NFL game, you better be ready to get an earful of something like that. I tell you, the thing I worry about the most, Sean, and I know this is not going to get much in the way of sympathy from a lot of people listening, but I do worry about the the crowds at the Trump events and the press. Uh, There has been a steadily increasing level of of really nasty language and, and more directed at the working press. And I worry that at some point down the line, there's going to be a day when there's a reporter or a photographer or somebody who's just sort of tired and had enough, and there's going to be an exchange, and it's going to escalate into something bigger. And that's what I worry about. I, I I, I was surprised at the the level of nastiness directed at us uh, in Cleveland on on Saturday, and I and I hope that doesn't keep escalating because it has gotten worse in the last couple of months. It's gotten really bad, and I you know I watched a couple of the Trump speeches uh, from the weekend after what happened Friday night. I mean, we were down in Orlando, we did an hour with Ted Cruz, and then we ended up airing it four times over the weekend on Fox. So, but with the breaking news out of Chicago, we had to go live, and you know what are we learning? We're learning. Oh, let's see, Black Lives Matters was a part of it. We're learning Bernie Sanders group was a part of it. We're learning that the unrepentant terrorist pal of of Obama, Bill Ayers, was a part of all of this. Clearly, this is an orchestrated and we're told now well-funded campaign uh, to interrupt and to, to do this at, specifically at Trump events uh, so you that know, these guys get attention. I, I really don't think that any of this hurts Trump. Probably it, Not one it bit. actually helps him in a sense. 
Um, I do think that, you know, uh, a lot of uh, the Trump supporters love the way that Trump deals with the protesters. And again, you know, my thoughts. Get him out. Get him out. It's, it's <laughs> like going to an away football game for your team against your big rival. Yeah, that's... Um, you know, you better be ready to have, uh, you know, uh, some some tough words, et cetera, thrown your way. It's uh, it's sort of like in your neck of the woods, if it's a Giants fan going down to Philly to the Eagles game or something like that, you better be ready and vice versa. Yeah. Before I stay on politics a little bit more, have you been following the story of Vladimir Putin's announcement that he's going to pull his troops out of Syria? It's like the media, for the most part, is ignoring this. I have not. I've been totally, uh, I have to say that I still haven't even looked at the NCAA brackets. I've been so involved in just the campaign that, no, uh, it's sort of been all this uh, all the time. Yeah. Um, All right. Now, I have a whole stop Trump pack here. Now, we have about 73 percent of the delegates, those in in 44 of the 56 states and territories. People forget the territories that vote are going to be chosen by state conventions or executive committees consisting of local activists, volunteers, elected officials, state conventions or committees may or may not select as delegates, people who personally support the candidate that they're bound to vote for only on the first ballot. Now, you know, what you're talking about for the listeners who don't know, you're talking about the next selection process. Most people don't realize this. But when, say, uh, for South Carolina, for example, Donald Trump won all the delegates, but they have to figure out who the delegates are. And in a lot of states like Iowa, New Hampshire and other states, there are several levels where you actually as a person can run to be that delegate. And it may be that you elect a Sean Hannity as a delegate, but you don't have to actually be a quote unquote supporter of Donald Trump. But you would have to support him on the first ballot in some of those states. But then afterward, you could say if, if the convention kept going, you could vote for somebody else. And, 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 you know, I do think that this is sort of the Ron Paul model that they used successfully uh, in the last two elections to get some of their people in to some of these delegations. And it could be done by either uh, the Cruz people. I would think the Cruz people would be the most likely simply because they've been the best organized. So, yes, that would be one of the ways that you could try later on to prepare for a contested convention. But again, I'm going to tell you, let's wait to see what happens until Wednesday, and then we'll figure out where we go from there. Well, I think we we have polls that give us a very good indication of where Tuesday is going, meaning tomorrow. Uh, looks like Marco Rubio's fallen off the map, is not going to do well in Florida. That state, winner take all, by all polls, at least I'm going by the polls. Trump is up a net plus 18, if you look at real clear politics and the average there. Uh, you have... Uh, Kasich up 2.5, real clear politics average. Latest poll that I saw had them even, direct, dead on even. I would think I, I would got- say that I would say that from being in both places, Kasich has the advantage over Rubio, I think. 100%. Kasich has a much better organization statewide. Rubio has a very good organization in Miami-Dade and maybe one or two other places, but lacks the statewide kind of connections that I think that Kasich has. Trump certainly has shown that he has a lot of interest here from the big rally that I went to on Saturday in Cleveland. And just, I think, the general, uh, it, 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 I think it's a lot like Michigan in some areas, and I would expect uh, Trump to do well. But uh, I, I just sort of get the feeling from interviewing voters that maybe maybe he's not going to be able to get there, but we'll wait and see. It, the, I think the biggest story that is going on now, the biggest story is Mitt Romney is now doing robocalls for Kasich in Ohio and Rubio in Florida. Now, that is it portends a very interesting strategy, which is 
let's get this to the convention. They're almost assuming. Well, we did them last week too. Remember for um, right. for Kasich in Michigan and Rubio in Idaho, so it didn't exactly work out for him. Well, it, it didn't work out. I understand it, but look, Ohio's winner take all. I agree with your analysis. If it's tied in the polls, you got to go advantage Kasich because he's got the ground game and he won eighty four out of eighty six counties and two statewide elections. If you look, I think Cruz is in good shape too. I think Ted Cruz is in good shape to pick up delegates because of the way they're selected in right. both Illinois and Missouri. They have separate elections there. There's a small pot of statewide delegates that goes to the winner. I think it's a dozen in Missouri, if I remember correctly, and 15 in Illinois. And then you uh, you get awarded delegates. It's three for each congressional district in Illinois and five in each congressional district in Missouri. Mm-hmm. North Carolina straight up proportional. So, you know, you win 50% of the vote, you get about 50% of the delegates. So that will uh, sort of shake out. However, I, I would think Trump is the favorite with Cruz number two. So I, if uh, if you give Trump the, the 99 of Florida, he only needs about another 81, I think, to actually get to a majority of the delegates for uh, for March the 15th. It didn't get much attention, but Trump sort of had a, another off Saturday this weekend. We had delegates selected in D.C., some in Wyoming, and some in Guam. And there were 40 delegates was also wasn't that big of a deal. But Trump only got one of the 40. And, you know, that that again brought down his overall number. I think he's only at 42 percent of the delegates right now. So certainly he he needs just like the others who want to stop him. They need delegates. He needs to start chalking them up to get toward that 50 percent mark or else we may be on our way to that kind of contested situation. So the polls show this, that Trump is up by over 20 points in in Florida, 18 if you look at the real clear politics average. Kasich is up 2.5 in Ohio. In Illinois, you got Trump over Cruz by nine. In North Carolina, you've got uh, Trump over Cruz by 13. And uh, in Missouri, it's Trump over Cruz by eight. Now, you're right. This is about proportional distribution, but for Florida and Ohio. So, yeah, Ted Cruz is going to pick up a lot of delegates as well. But again, I want to go back to what appears to be now an orchestrated inside strategy, and that is prevent Trump and Cruz at any cost from getting to 1237, bring it to the convention floor and have a fight. Now, here's my prediction. And I'll talk to Governor Kasich. Governor Kasich is like, oh, this is great for our kids. Our kids are going to be educated and and this is exciting. Well, they're going to learn how presidents are picked. And I'm like, no, they're not. But I said, what's going to happen is if if Trump or Cruz has the highest number of delegates going into Cleveland and the establishment after the first vote, they wheel and deal and they take that nomination from either one of those two. It doesn't matter who. If they do that, you and I both know that every single supporter of that candidate is going to stay home. Well, all I'll say is, you know, they, they don't give you the American League pennant for leading in September. So everybody's got the same goal. they got to get to 1,237. And, you know, I guess we'll see in, in, the, in the days and weeks ahead whether somebody can get there. Certainly right now, only Cruz and Trump have that ability. But, but Cruz, don't you I see don't... The, the sinister side of this? In other words, if Marco Rubio loses as badly as these polls are showing in Florida tomorrow... And he stays in so he can pick off 10 delegates here and five delegates here and 19 delegates there. And, and yeah, he stays I don't think in. that's going to happen, Sean. I think uh, even though he's put out his schedule to go to Utah, I think uh, uh, Rubio, there were already rumblings of money problems. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, for him to be out as early as tomorrow. Well, what about all the what any... about all those big money people that have been meeting with him and promising him millions? Yeah, but big money people—that's that's soft money. You you can't you can't use soft money. 
Right. You have to get individual donations. Understood. And, but the, if he's promised, you know, $25 million in up. Super PAC money, then who knows what they could do? Yeah, but you know what? The, the, I think the money goes pretty fast. Uh, I, I can't see Rubio. Think about it. You've only got two contests next week. Then you have two weeks off and you have one. Then you have another two weeks off and one. You've got to live six weeks off the land, and you don't have money coming in. I, I, I find that hard to believe. I, I, I do think my thought would be if either Kasich or Rubio, uh, they lose, then um, they're not long for this All race. Right, but even, but even Kasich, if he wins Ohio, which, by the way, he should win. It's his home state. He's won two statewide elections. He won 84 of 86 counties. But even well, if, he, even can, if... he can stay in. I mean, anybody can stay in if they want to. There's no rule that says just that's because my point. is ahead, you have to get out. Right, but what is his... At that point, he's going to get, what, 60... How many delegates? 66 delegates. 66. And, well, what is his end game? He gets to be a kingmaker if he wants to be. Maybe. All right. But the point is, is there a an orchestrated campaign of establishment types that are angry with the people that have voted, did not vote the way they wanted? I think that answer is John, yes. We've been through this before. You think there is? I think that the establishment is so discombobulated that they have no idea what to do with Trump right now. They would love to stop him but they have no idea how to do it. But I don't even think it's just Trump. I think it's Cruz, too. I well, think I think they hate them both. They want no part of him, absolutely. But you know what? That's why I like them All both, because they're so hated out. by the establishment. I, yeah, but you All see... All of it will work itself out. What I don't like, though... I, I, maybe I'm having a hard time communicating. I do this for a living. I should be better at this. Uh, All I'm saying is, yeah, it's not exactly organized in the most effective way, but it's getting more organized. We're hearing about more meetings. There was another meeting, apparently, that took place last week before... Uh, the second Super Tuesday. And in that meeting, there were people saying they're going to do everything they can do to encourage as many people to stay in the race as long as possible, to pick off as many delegates as possible, it, with the hope that it gets to the convention floor and they can basically steal it from the guy with the biggest delegate count. All I would say is if you think that the uh, establishment is uh, making a big play to stop Trump, then why are so few people, members of Congress and more, coming out against him? They're basically being very silent. There's hardly any pushback from the official. Because they're politicians. It doesn't mean what they do behind closed doors. I'm talking about what they do privately. Jamie, All right, I got to I got to go here, Jamie. I'm a little late. All right, appreciate it. Jamie Dupree.